Let's take our Bibles. We're going to turn to 1 John chapter uh, chapter 5. As we've been working our way through 1 John this year, I've I've thoroughly enjoyed our study and uh, excited about uh, about what God is going to do as we as we uh, follow his word today as we look into this into these verses to see how it uh, teaches us to live in love and obedience you know obedience is not a word that uh, that we like uh, to to hear when it's applied to us unless it's somebody obeying us we like for people to do what we tell them to do don't we but we don't like to be expected to obey but, you know, I've found that obedience comes easier when there's a good relationship and when there's real love involved. And so God's Word teaches us here in First, uh, first John chapter 5 about this love and obedience. Let's, let's look and see what the Lord says here uh, from, from His Word. First John chapter 5, He says, Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone that loveth Him that begat, loveth Him also that is begotten of Him. So if you love God, you're going to love your brothers and sisters in Christ. That's what he says. He's, uh, he puts that love in you. Your, uh, your old nature is, is no longer to be in, in control. But, but God gives you His Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit moves inside you the moment you get saved. And, and He takes over and as, as we yield to Him. And He produces love in our hearts. And uh, so... Um, he says that uh, if you're born of God, you're going to love him that is begotten of him. By this we know that, uh, that we love the children of God. When we love God, notice this, and keep his commandments. It's not, just, it's not just by doing things. It's not just by, uh, by following a list of do's and don'ts. But it's by loving God and keeping His commandments. And, and we, we see all through Scripture how Jesus encouraged us and taught us uh, the importance of obedience to the Word of God. Uh, the Bible tells us that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. It's good for us. Uh, profitable for, instru- uh, for doctrine. That teaches us what's right the things that we need to believe and the the way we need to live our lives for doctrine for reproof that tells us when we're wrong uh, and it's it and it's not it's not you know clobbering you over the head and saying hey you that's wrong no no it's just saying that's wrong that's not the right way to go it's like when you're driving down a a road and it says wrong way you know it's that's reproof it's saying this is the wrong way to go don't do that and so uh, sometimes if we're stubborn and we just continue to go the wrong way then there might have to be some stronger signs some stronger uh, uh, intervention from the Lord to show us uh, that we're in that we're doing wrong to reprove us and uh, how, many, how many of us have been, have been subject to that, that, that kind of reproof, the stronger reproof where God is saying, hey, do, uh, you're going the wrong way, you're doing the wrong thing. You, and he's, he's doing these things loving, not, not hatefully, not being mean. He's doing it lovingly to get our attention because he knows that if we continue the way we're going, it's going to bring destruction. The Bible says there's a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. God doesn't want death for us. He doesn't want, well, if you're a child of God, there's not eternal death for you. But there can be death of, of your effectiveness, death of your testimony, death of your ministry, whatever it may be. Uh, and God doesn't want death for you. He wants life. He said, I am come that they might have life and, and, and have it more abundantly. So, uh, so God wants us to do what's right, to live in obedience. And it's not, it's not offense to hem us in. But rather, it's, it's protection. 
You know, when I, when I drive across the, the Angelus Crest uh, here, and uh, sometimes, you know, they, uh, going through those windy mountain roads, they have, they, they have uh, some of those curves that go around. And, and if you look at it, I mean, it's just a, it's just a sheer drop off there. And they've got, and, and somebody came up with a really mean idea of taking some, taking some, some steel and, and metal and putting these, putting these barriers up there. I mean, that's just crazy to put these barriers up there on the curves where you'd fall off, off the cliff if you got too close. That's mean, isn't it? No, it's not mean. It's caring. He's put some, some barriers, some boundaries, some protection. That's what the laws of God, that's what the rules of God, that's what the instructions of God are for, to put barriers up there to keep us. Now, can we get over those barriers? Absolutely. We can. He's given us a choice. He's given us the, the ability to go against His will. But if you go against those barriers, if you break through that barrier, guess what? Destruction is going to come. I mean, isn't that what he, told, what he told Adam and Eve there in the garden? He said, you can eat of all the, all the trees of the garden. Of uh, the fruit of all the trees of the garden you may freely eat, but this one, don't eat from this one. Because in the day you eat thereof, thou shalt surely die. And they, they could have eaten and been filled. Uh, you know, the, on our vacation, we went on a, on a cruise to, to uh, Catalina Island and then down to Ensenada. And on that cruise, I mean, they had all this food that you could eat. I mean, all the food you can eat. I mean, I, I'm surprised that I didn't come back, you know, 50 pounds heavier. Uh, but I probably did gain some weight. I've not even looked at scales since I've been back. But because uh, uh, I don't really want to know. But uh, uh, they've got all this food you can eat. And... And out of all the choices, you know, if I choose to eat one thing, I'm going to be filled with that and I'm not going to be hungry for something else. But, but because they didn't choose to live in the freedom that God gave them, they chose to be hungry for something else. And they went where they shouldn't have been. And were hanging around close enough so they could hear the serpent as it spoke to Eve and said, Did God really say... Did God say that you can eat of all the trees of the garden? Oh, we can eat from all the trees of the garden, but not from this tree because God said don't eat it, don't even touch it lest you die. Oh, but you're not going to die, Satan said. God just knows that if you eat from this, that you'll be just like him, knowing good and evil. I mean, Satan is so crafty. And and he and he presents he presents his his temptations he presents his case to lure us away from obedience to God to draw us away from living a life that's honoring to God because he knows he knows that uh, that we're subject to hey you're not you're not smart enough wise enough or strong enough in and of yourself to defend yourself against the devil so uh, so you must rely on Jesus Christ Satan has been at his job for over six thousand years fighting against mankind I think he's got a little more experience under his belt than you do so let me encourage you don't listen to the devil run to Jesus and lean on him to help you to get through those times of temptation the devil will tell you God's just putting these barriers up because he's mean and he just wants to keep things from you but realize that those instructions that God gives are because he loves us the Bible tells us that if we love God we will keep his commandments Jesus said uh, Jesus said uh, uh, by this shall all men know that you're my disciples if you have love one to another. He said, another place he said, if you love me, keep my commandments. 
And he said, my commandments are not grievous. They're not a heavy burden to be born. His, his, his commandments, his instructions, living for Jesus is the best life you can live. It's the greatest, you'll find greater joy in nothing else. I mean, you, can, you can try it all. I, I, I read, when you read the book of Ecclesiastes, uh, Solomon, uh, the king, uh, David's, uh, king David's son, had become king of Israel. And, and as a young man, he asked, God, he asked God for wisdom. God said, ask me whatever you will and I'll give it to you. And he said, he said, Lord, I just need wisdom to rule, these, to rule over these people. I need wisdom to know how to come in and go out. I need, I, I need to know how to conduct myself and how to, how to be king. And God said, I'll bless you with that wisdom. And I'll also bless you with, with power and with riches and all. Even though you didn't ask for it. And God blessed him with all of these resources. But then he, he turned his heart away from God and began to follow after the, after the gods of, of the many, many women that he married from different nations around. And, and, and he turned to this and that. And in the book of Ecclesiastes, he said, he basically says, I've tried it all, I've done it all, I've had it all, and it's vain. It's vanity. But he went further and he said, and vexation of spirit. Stuff is not going to satisfy, it's just going to trouble you. You can, you can try for worldly pleasure, but it's just going to be a burden on you. It's just going to be a bother. It's, it's just going to leave you wanting more. You can, you can try to make as much money as you can, but, uh, but uh, J.D. Rockefeller was the richest man uh, around many years ago, and, he, and he, somebody asked him, how much money is enough? And he said, just a little bit more. People in Hollywood, they, uh, they, they present their life on the, on the big screen and uh, like, like they've got it all together. But then, hey, but then you, you read, uh, if, if you bother yourself to read you know, some of the news, you find what's really going on in their lives. Broken relationships and drug addiction and alcohol addiction and rehab and, and all of these things because they've been seeking after fame, they've been seeking after riches, they've been seeking after pleasures of this world, but found that they are vanity and vexation of spirit. And Jesus says, Jesus says, hey, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. He said, I'll give you rest. If we just come to Jesus, you'll find everything that you've been looking for. And with Him comes love, joy, peace, longs, and so many other things. Hey, with Jesus comes all of the blessings and, that people are searching for in their life if they'll just come to Him. He says, by this, we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep His commandments. This morning, we want to we see that true obedience, notice this, true obedience is the natural outflow of a heart filled with true love. True obedience is the natural outflow of a heart filled with true love. See, you can, when, when you go to work, you do what your boss tells you to do because you kind of like making that money, right? But you don't do it because you love your boss, right? 
But guys, we do what our wives tell us to do because we love her, right? <laughs> um, we, we, we want to do things for our wives. We want, to, uh, we want to please her because we love her. We want, to, uh, and we want to do things for God. We want to serve God because we love Him. You know, I, I, didn't, I didn't move here to California because I loved California. In fact, when God called our family to come uh, plant a church... Uh, out west, we began praying and we prayed about every western state before we prayed about California. I'm just being honest. Because growing up in the south, we blamed everything on you. <laughs> Anything bad that went on, California. You know? I mean, it's, it's like in our, in our day and time, the, the liberals want to blame everything on, on, uh, on the conservatives. The conservatives want to blame everything on the liberals. The Democrats say it's all Trump's fault, you know. And, and the Republicans say it's all Pelosi's fault, you know. I mean, we want to blame it all on each other. I, I, we blamed everything on California. So I prayed about every, every state, and then, but God said California. And I'm glad he did. He put a love in my heart for California. And now I don't want to go anywhere else. This is, this is home. I love it here. And you'll find when you follow God's will, when you do what God tells you to do, because you love Him, He puts a love in your heart for where you're at. He puts a love in your heart for what you're doing. And He helps you to, he helps you to love, uh, love the, the, the job that He's given you to do. And so you're obeying Him because of, of your love. And that's where true obedience comes in. You know, when God, when God told Adam and Eve, you can eat of all the, tr the trees of the garden, but don't eat of that tree, God could have taken away their will and just made them do what He wanted them to do. But that wasn't true love. He wanted them to respond to Him in love. And so He gave them a choice. And the choice they made showed that they loved themselves more than they loved God. And we've been making that choice ever since, haven't we? But when you think about what God has done, when you realize what Jesus Christ has done for you, it helps a love to grow in your heart that causes you to want to serve Jesus. That causes you to want to do the things that He says in His Word. It helps you, to, it helps you that, that on, on Thursday... You're, you're already excited. Sunday's coming. And I get to go to church. Hey, Monday morning, you get up. You know, many people have the Monday, Monday morning blues and all of that. And, and, but, but you can get up and be excited and say, you know, only, just, only a few more days till Sunday, right? And you can look for, you can have, have excitement through the week because Sunday's coming when we get together with our church family. Wednesday's coming when we get together with our church family. And this, this summer as, we're, uh, as, as we, uh, we'll meet on Wednesdays over here at the park and, and uh, get together and we'll pray a little bit. And uh, one Wednesday we'll, we'll just take the whole time and pray uh, for, for revival, pray for awakening here in our country. And we'll, we'll pray for our, our ministry here and for other churches around the nation. And, and we'll, we'll just spend that time in prayer. Uh, then, the, then the next Wednesday, we'll, uh, like this Wednesday, we're going to get together and we're Gonna, uh, we're going to pray a little bit, and then we're just going to go out and go through some neighborhoods, maybe go through the park and take some invitations and share Jesus with people. And, and, and it's not going to be like, well, we better show up. It's Wednesday. 
Well, if we don't, if we don't go, then, then Philip's going to be talking about how, how you know, we don't love Jesus if we don't go. That's not a reason to go. But we'll be excited and say, hey, Jesus, I, I want to go tell somebody about you. Yeah, I was excited this week while, while our family was on vacation. Our church had the, had the service at Emmanuel Baptist Rescue Mission there on Skid Row. And, and I've been going and I've been preaching just about every time we go. Uh, but, and and I, was, I was praying about what to do. The, our service comes while I'm, while I'm out of town. And, and God prompted me to, to contact the guys that go. And say, hey, how about you giving a testimony and sharing what God has done in your life? And you know what? They went and they had the greatest time. And, and some of them were talking about this morning. I just want to go out and find a place and preach. And just preach the gospel. Because it's, it's what sets people free. I'm like, oh, let's fan that flame a little while, right? Why? But it's not because, not because they got some attention being on a platform, but because they got to tell somebody about what a God that loves them has done in their lives, and they just love Him and want to tell everybody about it. Amen? Hey, that's awesome. And that's what God wants for us. His commandments are not grievous. Uh, he's, he tells us, he tells us in, in chapter 3, verse 18, My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Hey, we talk about loving Jesus. We'll tell people we love Jesus. We'll sing, oh, how I love Jesus. But hey, let's go show people that we love Jesus. Let's go show Jesus that we love Jesus. Let's not just say it, let's do it, right? Hey, that's why this summer we're talking about let's not just talk about being the church. Let's be the church. Let's go and share the love of Christ everywhere we go. Now, when he says, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. It's not to say that we don't tell people that we love them. We ought to tell people that we love them. Uh, it remi that reminds me of the grumpy old man who was sitting in church one day and the pastor was preaching from Ephesians 5 where it says, husbands, love your wives. And the pastor said, men, you should tell your wife that you love her. Tell her often. Tell, tell her in the morning. Tell her in the afternoon. Tell her in the evening. Uh, tell, her, tell her as much time, as many times as you can. After the service, uh, the grumpy old man went by, went by the pastor and, to shake his hand. And, he, and he, he told the pastor, he said, I just don't understand. Why do you think that I need to tell her all the time? Why do you think I need to be telling my wife I love her so much? I told her when we got married and nothing has changed. If it ever does, I'll let her know. Now, we don't need to be like that grumpy old man. We need to tell our wives we love them. Mackenzie, I love you. All right. And, 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 and I, I, I want to tell her now. But I, if, if I just did it while I'm on the platform, that's a little bit you know, weird and hypocritical, isn't it? If I, that's the only time I tell her. But I want to tell her again this afternoon. Several times. It's not because she has a bad memory. It's because I love her. And I want to tell her. Mackenzie, I love you. Right? And so, and so we, want, we want to share our love. Men, you need to tell your wife you love her. Wives, you need to tell your husband you love him. Parents, tell your children you love them. Kids, tell your parents you love them. Hey, church, let's tell people we love them. But let, let the words not be the only thing that says, I love you. If we just say, I love you, and we never follow through with deeds that say, I love you, then the words mean nothing after a while. 
They mean nothing. They're just shallow, empty words. And uh, we, we, want to, we want to show our love. Jesus said again, He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Jesus says for us not to just say we love Him, but to live that love by living in obedience to Him. Now, I recognize that, that uh, again, that obedience, submission, commitment, and, and all of these things, those are, those are words that are kind of taboo in our, in our society. But they're vital. To have the right relationships with one another and with God, these are so important. The Bible says for us to submit ourselves one to another in the fear of the Lord. The Bible says uh, for, for us to obey the Lord, to keep His commandments, to do the things that He says, and to, to learn from Him how we should live and to live in obedience to Him. The Bible tells us in, in Peter, Peter said, I saw Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. He said, I, I saw Him. He said, I heard the voice from heaven that said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. He said, but we have a more sure word of prophecy. Something that's more sure than what I saw with my eyes and what I heard with my ears. We have a more sure word of prophecy than this book right here. He said, and it would do you well to take heed. It would do you well to obey what God says in His Word. To do what God tells us to do. Uh, he, he said, it's as a light shining in a dark place. Hey, we certainly live in a dark, in a spiritually dark world, don't we? And we need to know which way to go. We need to know the decisions that we ought, ought to make. We need to, we need to know the way that we ought to live so that we're honoring God with our lives. So let's look and see what God's Word says. Some say it's an outdated book. Some say that if God were to write His book today, He'd write it differently because times have changed. Well, hey, times might have changed, but God's will and God's way and His Word has not changed. Forever, O oh Lord, Thy Word is settled in heaven. And I'm glad it doesn't change. Because if the Word of God changed, then maybe the way of salvation would change. But salvation has always been by grace through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. And I'm glad that it's how it's always been. And I'm glad that's how it's all, it always will be. True Christianity is, is a life of love for God and others that produces a life of love and obedience to God and His Word. It's not a burden. It's not a bother. But it's a privilege to serve Jesus Christ. David Livingston was a, a Scottish missionary and, and explorer and, and mapped out much of the interior of Africa. And, and, and David Livingston said, if a commission by an earthly king is considered an honor, how can a commission by a heavenly king be considered a sacrifice? How, how can it be a sacrifice if God asks us to do something? If God tells us to do something, why do we call it a sacrifice? But if some government official asked us to do something for them to represent America, oh, it'd be such an honor. In other words, why do we put more stock in what man asks us to do than what God asks us to do? Oh, but I don't. Well, what about when, when mama schedules a family reunion on Sunday when God says we need to be in church? Well, I can't come to church because mama scheduled this family reunion and you know, I mean, she's mama. Yeah. He's God. Mama gave you birth into this world. God's the one that gave you that life. But God is the one that gave you the new birth and gave you eternal life. 
We love mama. We don't want to disrespect mama. But I'll be honest, you, can, you can't love mama like you ought to love mama unless you love God the way you ought to love God. Sometimes we struggle wondering, you know, why can't, why can't I reach my lost loved ones for Jesus? It might be because we put other things as a higher priority than Jesus and His Word. It might be because we, we neglect our responsibility as a child of God because we don't want to be thought of as unloving to our family here on earth. But if you truly love God, you will show the right kind of love for them. And you know what? You might miss, you might miss uh, the, the food being hot. But that's why God in, impressed upon somebody to make a microwave, right? You can heat your food up and eat it, eat it uh, later on. It might not be as good as it is fresh. But you'll go into that and enjoy your meal and having honored God. And you've set a testimony for your children. And for those around you saying, hey, I love my family, but God is the most important. See, you have relationships, you have responsibilities, you have different roles in your life. But as a child of God, your number one role and responsibility is your relationship with God. Everything else comes secondary and, and even after that. Everything else is after your relationship with God. Nothing should usurp your, your uh, relationship with God. That's why Jesus said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. What things? Uh, well, the food you need to eat, the clothes you need to wear. If you'll make God your priority, He'll help you in every other relationship. Focus on your relationship with God. Focus on drawing nigh to God. And getting, just getting as close to Him as you can. And He will help every other relationship to go right. Because see, as you're yielding to God, His Holy Spirit is taking control in your life. You're being biblically filled with the Spirit. Biblically being filled with the Spirit is not flopping like a fish and speaking jibber-jabber. Being filled with the Spirit is when, you are, is, is when you could say like Paul, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. It's Jesus Christ living out His life through me. It's, it's people seeing Jesus in me. And what are they going to see? The fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law, Galatians says. That's what they're going to see. We ought to obey God rather than men, Peter said. Often we're grateful that Jesus saved us from an eternity in hell. But many of us are just not ready to love Him enough to obey Him. We say we love Him, but we do our own thing. We say we love God, but when it comes down to truly living in obedience, we don't. But we've deceived ourselves to think that we're right with God. He says, by this we can know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep His commandments. See, if you're not keeping His commandments, you're not loving others the way that you ought to. We think we're loving them, but the Bible tells us that, that 
the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. If somebody loves you enough to show you that what you're doing in your life is not right and it's going to bring damage to your life, it may hurt your feelings that they say that. But thank God that they loved you enough to tell you the truth. How can, be, how can we be right with God and live in disobedience to Him? You just can't. I mean, think about a, a few of the sinful things that we do when we come to church. What? I'm in church. I'm not sinning. Well, we might not think so, but you know, many times, many times uh, we, we do sin when we come to church. Sometimes we'll stand there and not worship God. Or we might sing the songs, but not truly worship from our heart. Do you know it's, that's sin? Because God deserves your worship. He desires your worship. And He tells us in His Word to, to magnify the Lord and to worship Him. And if we come to church and we stand there, our arms crossed just silent. And, and, and you, you might be saying, well, I'm just not that good of a singer. It doesn't matter how good you're singing. God doesn't say, make a beautiful noise. He said, make a joyful noise. Now, you might want to make a quieter noise <laughs> if it's not that beautiful. And that's okay. God just wants to hear you. God wants you to worship Him in spirit and in truth. What about knowing that God is working in your heart during the preaching when the Word of God is being preached? The Holy Spirit of God is, is knocking on your heart. He's pricking you. He's showing you, hey, this is an area that needs to change in your life. And you're sitting there and you know it, but, but you're not responding to Him. You're not yielding to Him. What about when He shows you those things and, you, and, and, and it's, time to, it's time to respond at the altar call and, and you just sit in your seat. You don't yield to God. You don't change. I know that you don't have to come and kneel in an altar to get things right with God. God, but many times we don't get things right with God when we're in our seats. Right? Hey, it's no different to disobey God in church than it is to disobey God out there. It's still disobedience. That's just a couple of things. Or what about when God says, God says that we're, to, we're supposed to give at least 10% of our increase. And we give Him five bucks and you know you made more than $50 this week. Right? Hey, that's robbing God. It's disobedience to God. We must be obedient to God or we don't love God like we ought to. True obedience is, is going to come from a heart that is truly in love with God. Now, there, there are things that we do when we leave here that's not right. Now, I don't think anybody's going to, go, going to leave here today and say, let me go find a drug dealer so I can buy some drugs and get high. Damage your body like that. I don't think that. I don't think anybody's sitting here planning on going out and, and finding somebody to commit adultery with. No. But, but what about going out and living in pride? What about going out and being dishonest with people in your, in your dealings? What about, uh, what about living, living a, a fake life? What about not letting your light shine before God? Those are sinful things. We need to live in obedience to God. See, God has given us word, given us His word, so we can read it, so we can learn more about who He is and about what He's like. And and as we read it, we can be changed to better reflect Jesus Christ. But we have to do it. We have to make the choice to be obedient to God. 
We can't just think that a simple perusal of Scripture, just kind of hurriedly reading through, is going to just transform your life. We have to choose to read it. Pay attention to what you're reading. And read it with a a heart that's yielded to God, saying, God, would you show me? Would you change me? James chapter 1 says, Be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Jesus uh, answered and said unto them, Well hath Isaiah prophesied of you hypocrites. That's what he's saying to the Pharisees and Sadducees and scribes there in his day. He said, as it is written, this people honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Hey, let that not be our testimony. Let's not be be a church that we come to church and we talk about how we love Jesus, but having hearts that are cold and indifferent, far away from God. Now, if you're saved, you can certainly go and do as you choose. God gives us that freedom just like He gave Adam and Eve the freedom. But if you truly love God, you're going to live in obedience to Him. In the, I need to hurry. Uh, the book of, uh, if, 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 you, if you say, I want to learn how I can live for God. I want to know how I can live uh, in accordance to God's Word. Hey, read it and ask God for wisdom. The psalmist prayed and said, God, teach me your ways. Teach me your laws. Help me to, help me to learn your precepts. God's given us a whole book of wisdom uh, in, in the, the book of, of Proverbs. Uh, it says to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice and judgment and equity, to give subtlety to the simple and to the young man knowledge and discretion. We, hey, we need, we need some discretion in our day and time. We, need to, we, need to, we also need some discernment to discern between good and evil. But that comes as you grow in your walk with God. You're not just going to automatically, as an as a, as a infant Christian, you're not automatically going to know everything that's good and everything that's bad. But as you, as you obey God, as you study His Word, as you continue to live in obedience, He helps you to discern between good and evil. He helps you become sensitive to the Spirit of God as He's leading you into the way that is right and and good and true uh, and to avoid those things that are wrong. Now as we emphasize the importance of obedience, as we look at what the Word of God says as obedience relates to love, there are three truths that we need to remember. First of all, obedience does not equal Love. Obedience does not equal love. Just because you do what God says doesn't mean that you love Him. How can you say that? Because Israel did exactly that. There were times in the, in the history of Israel that they, that they did what the law said. But it wasn't because they loved God. In fact, they became so consumed with doing what the law said that there were groups that would add to the law. Thinking that that was going to earn them favor with God. Thinking that God was going to be impressed. They did it not because they loved God, but they did it because they loved themselves. And they wanted everybody to think how wonderful and how spiritual they were. See, obedience does not equal love. You... You can do all the right things, but do it for the wrong reason. That's why Jesus said that in the day of judgment, He said, there'll be many in that day which say to me, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in Thy name? Preached. There are preachers that are going to be saying this. Have we not prophesied in Thy name? And in Thy name have cast out devils? 
and in thy name have done many wonderful works. They've done all these things and they said they did it in the name of Jesus. But they weren't doing it with faith in Jesus. They weren't doing it with love for Jesus. They were doing it to, to try to impress him. He said, I'll say, depart from me. I never knew you. See, they're trusting in their work, so they're trusting in themselves to get them to heaven. They're not trusting in Jesus. And if you don't trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're not receiving His love. And so you can't understand that love. And you cannot respond to Him in love. So obedience does not equal love. He says, by this we know that we love the children of God, whom we love God and keep His commandments. Love and obedience are not the same thing. Love is not something you do. People talk about being in love and, and loving their boyfriend or girlfriend. And, and they'll even talk about, uh, about love being something that you know, they, they make and all that. But it's not something, it's, that's not love. Doing something that feels good isn't love. Somebody that makes you feel good isn't necessarily love. I really, I really like chocolate ice cream and chocolate ice cream makes my taste buds really happy. But I don't think chocolate ice cream loves me. If it did, it wouldn't make me fat. Right? I could say that I love chocolate ice cream. You know, the English language, we're so broken. So weak. I say I love chocolate ice cream. I love pickled okra. I love fried okra. I, 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 love, I love steak. I love tacos. I love my wife. It's not the same love. It better not be the same love. Right? And, but I love them because... Of, I love those things because of the way they make my mouth feel or whatever, you know. I really like it. But I love my wife. Not because of what she does for me or how she makes me feel. Or, and and I, I love her not because, not because of what I do for her. I love her. It's a choice. It's a commitment. Now my love for her is not, is, is not the result of my things that I do for the things that I do for her. I, I, don't, I don't try to provide for my family in order to love them. Right? It's not the things that I do that produces love. It's that, that duty and that uh, obeying, uh, you call it obeying or fulfilling my responsibility. That is not, that is not, it does not equal love. And this is a hard concept uh, for us to, to grasp, but it's, it's very, very, it, it's simple, but it's difficult. It's, it's crazy, isn't it? The obedience and the doing the right things does not equal love. I can do 
religious works all my life and not have one ounce of love in my heart for God. In fact, the less love I have for God, the more my so-called obedience is going to breed resentment. And even rebellion. See, obedience does not equal love. If we do what we do, I believe that many times homes break up because they think that the they think that the response that doing the right things equals love. And they're not really loving from the heart, but they're doing all these things. And they'll do all these things a lot. And when they're not when they're not seeing appreciation for what I'm doing, all my love for you, then they fall out of love. See, love isn't love isn't a pit that you fall into or out of. Love is a choice that you make, a commitment that you make to love somebody. And obedience does not equal love. But secondly, your love will be seen through your obedience. That obedience to God's commands, it's going to reveal your love. Now, love does not equal obedience, but your love will be seen through your obedience. See, I can, do, I can do something as out of duty or I can do something out of delight and out of love and it's going to result in different outcomes. Because I mean, what people see, it may result in this, it may, may end up the same way, but in my heart, I've done what I'm supposed to do. And I did it because I love. And, and love is unconditional. Love is, doesn't hinge on, on somebody's response to me. See, I, lo- I love Mackenzie. And, and if she stopped loving, if, not, not stopped loving me. You don't stop loving somebody. If she, if, she, if she didn't love me, it doesn't change my love. If she... had a love for me in her heart, but she didn't do all the right things, you know, that husbands and wives are supposed to do for each other and, and helping around the house and, and fulfilling the wives' responsibilities and all of that kind of stuff. If she didn't do any of those things, if I really love her, I'm still to, that love is not going to change. See, if you, if you only so-called love somebody for, because of what they do for you, then what's going to happen whenever, whenever uh, you know, God forbid anything like this should happen? But what, what would happen if, if they were in a car accident and they were unable to do all those things for you? Do you automatically just not love them anymore? No, see, love, love goes on because it's a person. It's not what they do for you. You love them. I've heard of many, many people who, uh, men who served in the military and uh, I, I heard so, so many stories of men coming back like from Vietnam or, or places like that during the war and, and disfigured because of, because of the battles they were in, the things they, they uh, encountered there and, and their wife or their girlfriend come in to a hospital room and see them laid up there and twisted and, and mangled and limbs missing and all of that and, and, and just say, I, I can't do this and they just leave them. Never to see them again. 
That wasn't love. But when you really love, you're going to follow through with those commitments. You're going to follow through with your responsibilities. And our responsibility to God is to obey Him. Our love for God is going to be seen through our obedience to His Word. Uh, if, um, when love grows in our hearts, we're going to live in true obedience to God. And it's not going to be because we have to. See, that's why he said to the Corinthians uh, that uh, uh, he was telling about the church in Philippi. Uh, he, said, he said, this they did not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord. See, they, th this church in, in Macedonia, the churches of Macedonia, they, they, want, they loved God and their love for God was seen through, through giving back to God's work. And, and Paul said to the Corinthians, he said, he said, this is what they did. He said, first they gave themselves to the Lord. And this is why they gave so sacrificially in chapter in Second Corinthians chapter eight uh, verse two. He says, "How that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their or their joy and their deep poverty abounded to the riches of their liberality." See, when they loved God like they should, they loved the work of God and they wanted to be a part of the work of God even to the point of giving financially, giving sacrificially when they didn't really have it to give because they were they were broke. Like they say in the, in the South, they're poorer than Job's turkey. They, they, were, they were broke. They were so poor they spelled it with three O's. But they wanted to be involved in the work of God because they loved God. And they had yielded themselves to God first. And so they said, God, here, take, take this. And they gave abundantly and liberally to God. Their love for God was seen in what they did. I'm not saying that the more money you give, the more you prove that you love God. Because remember, obedience does not equal love. But when you love God, you're, it, it's going to be seen through your obedience. He goes on and he tells them, he says, This I say, he that soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully, every man according as he purposeth in his heart. So let him give, for, the, for God loveth a cheerful giver. Someone that's giving to the work of God. That may be financial, and we ought to give financially. Hey, it, may be, it may be your labor, and it ought to be your labor. It ought, it, uh, the things that we do, we ought to give it to the Lord and to give it cheerfully. Be excited about God's work. Be excited about doing what God has told us to do. Not grudgingly and not of necessity. Well, you know, if I don't get involved over there at the church, then, then I mean, like it all depends on you. No, see, that attitude is not what, is not what Crosspoint needs. It's not what the work of God needs. Now, do we need all of our members? Absolutely. We need all of our members doing what they're supposed to do. We, we need all of our members being faithful. We need all of our members uh, involved in the ministry. Just like I need all of my members doing their part today. But if, but if, if we're doing what we do out of duty, it's going to become very evident. You're not going to have joy in ministry. If you work in the children's ministry and you're not doing it out of a heart of love for God and for those kids, please don't do children's ministry. Because, because, you're sour, because, because that will sour your spirit. 
And your sour spirit will turn, will turn people away. And your sour spirit will harden those children's hearts. Please, let's do what we do out of a heart of love for God. It's been said that you can give without, uh, you can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. You can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. You can't love without truly giving of yourself. You can do good things in obedience to God's word without loving God, but if you truly love God, your life will be marked by faithful obedience to Him. Then thirdly, growth in love naturally produces growth in obedience. He says, whatsoever is born of God, verse 4 of our text, for whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. See, as you love God, as you're obeying His commands, He's going to help you to overcome the world. He's going to help you to overcome the temptations that come against you. What are our enemies? The world, the flesh, and the devil. They're, they're attacking you all the time. But the more you love God, the more you're not going to love those enemies. And the more, the more you're going to realize that while they have, have pleasure to offer you, and they certainly do have pleasure to offer you. Hebrews 11 says that Moses chose to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Hey, you can, you can choose to, to follow and obey the world, the flesh, and the devil and to engage in the pleasures that they have to offer, but you will not enjoy the blessings of God in your life and you, and you will uh, experience death of your testimony and death of your effectiveness and, and, and broken relationships and the way of the transgressors is hard the Bible says but if you'll choose to obey God if you'll choose to love God you'll find that obedience is delight you'll find that obedience brings joy you'll find that obedience brings blessings and you'll find that it's, that it's wonderful to say yes to Jesus and no to the pleasures of sin for if obedience is not love, but obedience reveals love, then how is love produced? How is, it, how is love shown to others? It's shown through our obedience. And our obedience is shown through our love. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 13, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels... And have not charity, I am become as sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. What he's talking about there is, I can speak eloquently. I can be a smooth talker. I can say all kinds of wonderful things that, uh, that it's, it's, like, it's like candy to your ears. But if I don't love you, then it's like cotton candy. It's all fluff and no substance. When he says, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, he's not talking about some so-called heavenly language. He's talking about just being eloquent and a smooth talker. He goes on and he says, though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing and though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. 
I can, I can give without loving. I can put on a spiritual show without loving. But I'm nothing. And my sacrifice profits me nothing. People, people want to experience love and they want to show love and, and all. And so they, uh, many times they'll, they'll give to this charity or they'll do this you know, so-called mission project or whatever. But, but when, they're, when they don't really have love in their heart for God because they've not experienced His love or, or because they've not grown in His love enough to love like they ought to, hey, it's going to be empty because those things that you're doing is trying to make you feel good. But when we love like we ought to, it's going to be a natural outcome outflow to to love people and to do the right things and to honor God with our lives it's not going to be so hard it's not going to be a drudgery it's not going to be a sacrifice it's going to be a privilege to serve Jesus I think of back during the 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 colonial days of America when uh, when back during the the revolutionary war uh, one of the one of the patriots was caught if you, if you remember from school, from history class, you'll remember the name Nathan Hale. Nathan Hale was caught as a, as a, a colonial spy. And he was, uh, he was going to be hung uh, by the British army. And they asked him, they said, they said, do you have any last words? And do you remember what he said? He said, I regret that I have but one life to give for my country. He had a love for his country. And he was willing to give that life for his country. What kind of love do you have for Jesus? Are you willing to give that life for Jesus Christ? Oh, I don't want to die. Now, Paul said for me to live as Christ and to die as gain. Now, God's not, God hasn't put us in a situation today to where if you proclaim uh, the name of Christ that you're going to get your head chopped off. Now we have brothers and sisters in Christ around this world that are, that are in that danger. They are facing persecution. Imminent danger because they believe Jesus. Some are being put in prison because they own a Bible. And how many do you have at home? They are, they are regularly endangering their lives to go and talk to somebody about Jesus Christ. How many times are we putting ourselves out there to talk to somebody about Jesus in the freedom that we have? Do we really love Jesus? Our obedience is going to be seen through our love. True love is going to produce obedience in our lives. So how is it produced? By yielding to the Holy Spirit. Yielding to Him for Him to make the change in us. See, if you make a change in your life, it's not going to be much of a change. It's going to be a change that can go easily go right back. You see, I, I, I've said it before, I am, gr- I am grateful for, for groups and organizations that help people through addictions. And we have many in our church that have gotten, that have gotten some help from groups like, uh, like AA. But I'll tell you, AA doesn't have the power that Jesus has. 
Because AA will tell you that once you're an alcoholic, you're always an alcoholic. But Jesus said, I'll set you free. You are free in Christ. See, and, and you are who He says you are. He says you're free. You're not an alcoholic. You are a sinner set free by the grace of God. And you can be free. And the more you grow in your love for Jesus, the more you're going to say no to the things of the world. It's been said it's, it's easy to say no when there's a greater yes. And Jesus is always the greater yes. And as you yield to Him, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. He produces this in your life. In his book, uh, Developing the Leader Within You, John Maxwell gives us five levels of influence that are earned by leaders. And on, on the back of your outline, I've listed them out there for you, but, but I've, I've, changed, I've changed it a little bit. I've modified it a little bit. Uh, the, the, the levels of influence that, that he, he says, uh, they're um, influence based on rights, influence based on relationships, and so forth. But the more we're growing in our love for God, we're growing in obedience. See, first of all, first of all, we obey, we, we, may, we may obey God because of His position. He's God. He, he deserves he has a right to be obeyed. We, the obedience is based on rights. He has a right to be obeyed because He's God. But as you enter into a relationship with Him, then, then it moves into the level that He calls permission. It's, it's an obedience based on relationship. As we enter into this relationship with God, when you trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you, and you grow in your understanding of that relationship, he is your, God is your Father, and you are the, the child of God, you have a brand new paradigm through which to grow in obedience to God. Uh, you're, he's your Father, you're His child, and, and we obey because of that relationship. And as we grow in this relationship and through the following levels, we move from have to obey to want to obey. Then we come to, to, uh, level, to the level three he calls production. It's obedience based on results. As you're obeying God, as you're following His Word and doing what He says, you see the blessings that come. You see the blessings that come from obedience. And you see those results. You see the, the chastening and you see the, the destruction that comes when, when you disobey. And so based on those results, you, you're like, hey, I want to obey, Right? As a, as a child is growing up, you know, they, they learn, they learn, don't touch that. And they reach out and touch, uh-uh. And they learn, don't touch. And they learn to do the right things. And those results produce a desire to obey. Right? The Bible says, the Bible says foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction will drive it far from them. Hey, uh, it'll teach them to obey. Uh, and and uh, as, they, as they learn the blessings of obedience, they want to obey. When we see the results of obedience to God, we want to obey Him. And that leads us to level four, people, uh, people development. Obedience based on reproduction, or I've put here Responsibility. See, as you're growing in your walk with God, 
as you're obeying and experiencing the blessings of God in your life, you're growing into a, uh, to obey because you want to and you're seeing God bless you and, and uh, strengthen you and, and use you to reach others with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and then you realize the responsibility you have to, lead, uh, to live right because you must lead right. As Paul said to Timothy, the things that you've heard of me uh, among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. As you're, as you're living and learning uh, to obey and you're learning the obedience, uh, that obedience brings blessings and you're experiencing those blessings, you begin leading others in their walk and you want to say to them, as Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. And, and you're, you're living in obedience now because, not only because you want to, but because you need to because of those that are following you. And there's a responsibility that comes along with that. And then level five, the pinnacle. Obedience based on respect. The more you're growing in in your walk with God, the more you're growing in obedience to Him. uh, uh, It it comes full circle. You're obeying Him because He's God. But no longer is it because, are you obeying Him because He has the right to obey. But rather you're obeying Him because He's God. And you've seen Him work. You've seen His power. You've seen His love. And and you just just stand in awe and wonder at His His power and how amazing He is. And, And you're just like, oh God, I just want to follow you. I want to obey you, right? Amen? Hey, and, and you, you obey Him because, uh, because you respect and you honor and you love Him and, and it's, it's out of a heart that is naturally overflowing with obedience because you've truly learned to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. So how does this happen? I've said yielding to the Holy Spirit, but practically speaking, I mean, we don't, we, don't, we don't stand here and be like, all right, I'm yielding to you, Holy Spirit, so make me love. Hmm, oh, I love you. That's not how it happens. And it's not going to happen by going, hmm, having your Bible real close. So how is it going to happen? It's going to happen as you open this book and read it. See, this is God's message to you. And as you read His Word, you're going to learn more about Him. And you're going to fall in love with Him. More and more. The more time you spend in His Word, the more you're going to learn about God. And the more you're going to learn to love Him. If you're spending time in His Word because you love Him. Because you desire to get to know Him. So read God's message to you. Talk to God in prayer. You know, he, he knows it all, but He wants to hear from you. So talk to Him. Say, Lord, I haven't loved you the way that I ought to. I haven't loved others the way that I ought to. Lord, I want to grow in love. I want to grow in my understanding. I want to grow in my, in my effectiveness for you. Lord, I, I want to grow in my prayer life. Hey, talk to God in prayer. He wants to hear from you. Then meditate on God's truth. As you, read it, as you read God's Word, don't just, don't just let it go in one ear and out the other. Don't just let it be a passing thing. Hey, read it 
and meditate on it. Find a, find a verse, at least a, a verse that you read in the morning and, and hold on to it and think about it throughout the day. Maybe write it down. Maybe work on memorizing it. But meditate on that throughout the day. And believe God's truth and yield to God's truth. Submit yourself to the authority of God's Word. It might not be what you've always heard. It might not be the way that society likes it. But if it's the way God says it, then it's true. Yield to God's truth. And as you yield to God's truth, you'll be transformed by God's truth. And then as God is, is, is transforming you, then you go out and share God's truth with others. Hey, this is how you grow in love and you grow in obedience to God. And this is what God calls us to do. Here's how you're going to know if you love God, if you love the children of God, when you love God and keep His commandments. See, there's a, there's a, a relationship that true love and true obedience has. It's not obeying because we have to. But it's falling in love with God. And then we get to do what He tells us to do. And His, His commandments, they're not grievous. So church, let's grow in love. And let's go out and show God's love to this world around us. Let's show them how passionate He is to reach them. He's so desirous to reach them that He would transform your life in order to reach them with the gospel. Isn't that amazing? That's just so, so amazing. Let's bow for prayer. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you and praise you for your love. I thank you for your word. I thank you for all that you're doing in our, in our midst. Lord, I thank you for, for your interest in us. Lord, you, you don't command us to do these things. You don't tell us to do these things because you just want to be boss. But Lord, you, you tell us these things because it's beneficial to us when we live in obedience to you. Because we place ourselves in a position to be blessed. And I ask you, Lord, to do your work in us this morning. Do your work through our lives. Help us to live in obedience to you so the world can see the power that you have to transform their lives. In Jesus' name.